Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Andrew Warner. Andrew is a speaker, author, entrepreneur, and host of Mixergy, a business podcast where he invites well-known entrepreneurs to teach how they built their companies. Andrew created Mixergy to help ambitious people with a passion for business by introducing them to thinkers and doers with powerful stories and ideas. And the show has had over 600 guests, including the founder of Wikipedia, Groupon, Living Social, and LinkedIn. Andrew has also recently written a book titled Stop Asking Questions, How to Lead High-Impact Interviews and Learn Anything from Anyone. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I dig your background. I've got to say, I've been in a, in a WeWork today that I just rented so that I could have this conversation with you. I really love the mobile equipment setup. I brought the boom arm for my mic. I brought my mic. I brought an extra light and I pedaled my bike over here and I'm, I'm digging that we could just do a podcast from anywhere, have a conversation like this. You, uh, you know what's really cool about that setup? Uh, the only bad thing about it is the weight, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to carry all all that weight around. It was heavier than I expected. Yeah. So like I did the same thing in, uh, when I went to Brazil in May, I was there for a month and I brought all my gear with me, my boom arm, my mic and everything. And believe me, I was like the talk of the office because I would set up my boom arm and set up this whole thing. And then people would just come around like, whoa, who is that? Right. And, and, and we get these really cool backgrounds because, you know, so, uh, Sao Paulo is just all tall buildings. So every WeWork is on like the 30th floor. And it was just really great. It was just really great to stand out and be able to continue my work from wherever. Right. I mean, I think that's really the biggest thing for us. Yeah. And, and you know what? And truthfully, for many people, they can work from anywhere, including coffee shops. And I and I admire that. And I wish I had more freedom to do that, to sit in a coffee shop or some random place. But second to that, being able to find these little cushy, comfortable office spaces like this one feels more like a lounge than anything else. That feels fantastic. You know what's cool about that? Uh, so the I mean, the one tip I'll tell people is that if you're going to do something like that, it is critically important that you have a dynamic mic that you're able to bring with you because I made the mistake once of bringing a condenser mic, one of those blue Yetis to a WeWork and it was like all glass all around and it was just reverb and it was, the recording was total trash. So just make sure you're in the softest room possible when you do that. 
Yeah. All right. It's very cool. So listen, um, I would like to take a few seconds to just go over a little bit about your background. You have, uh, you started Mixergy a number of years ago. You have interviewed some of the, uh, uh, some of the greatest thinkers in the startup industry. Like, how did you come up with this idea and then be able to propel it into something where it's got legs and it's, you know, it's been going now for a good number of years. How did all that come about? You know, when I was in school, I read this book um, about an entrepreneur who said, if you really want to learn, forget about what you're learning in school, forget about what you're going to learn on your own. Well, just put that aside and see if you could find people who've achieved what you're trying to do in a different industry and would be willing to have a conversation with you about how they did it so you can get new ideas. And I thought that'd be great, but I was never able to find someone to do that. I built my first uh, company out of college was an online greeting card company that did over 30 million in sales. And I thought, all right, I've hit 10 million. I've hit 20. When I hit 30, I figured some entrepreneur would want to talk to me and just like hear how I did it. And then they could be open about how they did it. And I just could not find anyone to do it. And it felt like such a great idea. And then sold the company. I some time off. And uh, when I was looking to figure out what to do next, one of the things that attracted me was the idea that I could find a way to talk to other entrepreneurs and learn from them to see if somebody else had gone through the same issue I am, found a clever solution for it. And interviewing happened to be the way to do it. And so I started doing interviews back when podcasting wasn't really a thing, when you had to teach people how to get a podcast on their phone and tell them what a podcast was. But it made so much sense that the audience kept coming and coming and coming. And now it's been over 2000 interviews. You know, that's really amazing because one of the things that I learned was this is the ultimate networking tool. COVID, not COVID, before, after, whatever. This is the ultimate way to meet people now, right? Because you can invite anyone around the world and just have a conversation. We're already having these Zoom conversations. We're already, you know, like talking with people. Why not record it? Why not lay down a track? And here's the thing too, though, that you get a higher level of conversation if you do it as an interview. So for example, if the two of us just wanted to hang out together or talk or exchange ideas, truthfully, it wouldn't work out as well because what we would do is we would spend a lot of time doing the get to know you stuff. We spend a lot of time trying to be nice to each other. And then we fishing for how we make it make sense as a conversation when what we really want is idea and information extraction. It's much better to be open and say, look, there's someone I, I want to admire. I admire. want to learn from them. I'm just going to spend an hour asking them questions and seeing how much I could learn. And it seems selfish and it is selfish if it's a one-on-one conversation. Turn it into a podcast and boom, they want to be asked questions. They want your selfish curiosity. They want your genuine interest. And then if you record it, there are other people like you who are going to pick up on it and who are going to learn. And so their ideas are amplified. It's, it's, it's a hack, a life hack, a business hack that most people don't understand, an education hack that most people don't understand. But you know what? That's fine. Years ago, if you said that you learn from YouTube, people would have laughed at you. Yeah, yeah, you're getting a very superficial education. You're not really getting anything in depth. And then we discovered, yeah, you could learn a lot from YouTube. My brother decided that he wanted to free himself of the computer for a little bit because he's a developer and just fix the toilet in his bathroom. Using nothing but YouTube videos, he learned how to take his YouTube, his uh, toilet off, how to remount the new toilet, connect the whole thing and it worked beautifully. We've learned that. What we still have not appreciated is that there's even better education to be had from one-on-one interviews. That if there's someone that you want to learn from, you could great, get a lot of information from them. You could advance yourself a lot by doing a YouTube video, by watching one of their YouTube videos, but get them on a conversation, talk to them one-on-one, that unlocks so 
much more. And that's that's what I've discovered as an interviewer. I've, I've grown my business based on that. That's what I've shown other people how to do. And that's frankly why I wrote the book, Stop Asking Questions. Because if you know how to guide those conversations, those interviews well, you're going to learn more than you could through books, podcasts, anything else. And you're going to connect with the guest and you're going to leave a legacy because other people are going to pick up on it too. Legacy. That is the key word. I yes. started using that when I was uh, uh, when I was trying to articulate this podcast, right? Is that I wanted to, is that I was looking at my life at the time and I couldn't point to something that said, you know, this is what Jeff did. You know, I was always protective about the types of clients that I worked with. Yeah. You know, maybe I didn't want to publish it so much. You know, I'm not one of those people to, to produce income reports or things like that. I really didn't have something to show for it, right? You know, for all this hard work that I've been, uh, you know, that I've been working on all this time. And you're right, legacy, that is the big, massive uh, keyword here. Yeah, there are people now who want to know how YouTube's training program came about, excuse me, LinkedIn's training program came about, who will then realize that lynda.com was the predecessor to it, a company that LinkedIn bought for a billion dollars, want to understand how Linda built her business from nothing to a billion dollar education business. They will discover my interview with her where we went through the biography of not just Linda the woman, but lynda.com the business, and they will discover it and they will often pay to listen to that whole interview and they will become lifelong fans of my work. And that is something that I did over a decade ago. That's the that's the beginning of a legacy. And that's what happens when you do something like this. We are really creating the biographies of businesses that will inspire future business owners. What would you say is your favorite interview that you've done so far? I don't have a favorite that I've done so far. They just keep coming on. I have one that I loved last week, an interview I almost didn't want to do. This guy, Jerry, who run, who's been in the garage business. I said to my team, really, am I about to interview a garage dude? What are we, what are we doing here? What happened to our sense of greatness of software? Well, it turns out that what he did was he created a company that will actually do uh, software for garages and he's doing over a million in business in it. And it was, it was fascinating to see how he did it. The company is called Called spaces. It's kind of cool because you know how when you wait in line to get out of a garage, you have to get out your credit card and first you have to wait for the person ahead of you to to pay and you're in line anyway. So he does this whole thing. It happens by phone call. You just dial a number, credit cards charge, and you'd get to drive out. There's no line, no nothing. Anyway, phenomenal business, but he's such an interesting guy because he's someone who's climbed four of the top peaks in the world. He's somebody who did an Ironman after training for it for 12 years. He's such a determined person. When I asked him how what is it about climbing mountains that that draws you in? He says it's because you get everything right in training and then it turns out that you're failing and you have to find a way to overcome it at the time. He says he'll take somebody up a mountain after all the training and after a weekend, they'll say, I've got to go down. I can't do this anymore. And I say, why? What happened? He goes, it's random stuff like we have diarrhea or something and we can't handle it. Well, for the other person, it's I got to get off the mountain. For Jerry, it's I've got to stay on the mountain and keep on going. This is what I signed up for. The reason that I bring that up is because I needed that at the time. I needed, I was going through this frustration of, we're in Austin. I don't know where we're living. I don't know where I'm going to work. And what I liked about Jerry was he's a guy who, whenever there's a problem, he goes, where's the better opportunity here? Where's the thing that's going to be better than I would have been before this problem? And so I thought, where's the better opportunity for me? I don't like the Airbnb I'm recording out of. How do I make my operation mobile and get to record wherever I want? And through that spirit, I'm now, look at how freaking enjoying I am. I, I love this space. I love that I'm recording from a couch. I love that this office has a nice vi- vi- like flexibility and comfort to it. It's because of Jerry. And that's the thing that I want each interview 
to shape me and not have one that's dramatically more than the others. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Let's dive into your one big tip. And one of the things that's, that comes about from, you know, doing all these interviews is that you actually get better at interviewing people, right? You know, you perfect your style, you sort of, you coalesce the things that, uh, that you know people want to hear and how to get it out of them. Like, how do you figure that out? How do you, uh, is there a process that you go through first for each person that comes on? Like, like what question am I going to ask them beforehand? Or is it just winging it? Cause you're that good at it. Like, like how does all that work? There's no winging it. There's a whole lot of planning. There's a whole lot of pre-interviewing. There's a whole lot of research. It all starts with me saying, and, and by the way, my one tip is anyone who's listening should be doing their own interview. They should do their own interview series. It doesn't have to be a whole podcast setup like you've got here and live setup. It doesn't need to do any of that. You don't even need the freaking mic. There are tools out there right now. There's Twitter spaces for doing interviews. There's software called racket.com that will let you do interviews for free. And their software is all geared towards uh, doing nine minute interviews on racket.com. Tons of tools. I don't want you to pick the most polished. I just want you to get started. And what I'd suggest is you find a set of people that you want to interview. You start recording interviews with them using your phone and you start to learn from them. And now if you're asking me about research and everything else that goes into it, I'll say the one thing that you need is to have a genuine need and a curiosity. And so what I mean by that is I don't want random curiosity about, I'd like to know how somebody climbed a mountain. I want to see the person who's listening to us say, damn it, this is screwed up. I don't like this part of my life. I need to get past it. Now, what do I do? Ah, that person did it. I'm going to interview them and I'm not going to let them go through their standard answers. I'm going to say, here's where I'm struggling. And that's what I did, frankly, at Mixergy. I started uh, after my greeting card company. I started an invitation business. I spent $300,000 plus investing in the business over a series of months. The thing failed so badly that when my wife invited me to my own uh, birthday party, she invited me and my friends. She used Evite. I said, Olivia, why didn't you use my software? She says, what? That's an invitation software? I said, yes. And when she didn't even know what it was, I just decided to have to close up and I started doing interviews. And in every interview, I said, look, I failed. I want to build a successful company. You've done it. Here's an aspect that I want to learn from you. Let's talk about that. And when they gave me some kind of pat answer that seemed nice, I re targeted them towards something that was more useful so that I could use it. And guess what? There were other entrepreneurs out there who were feeling like I did, who wanted to build a successful company. You said, how does Andrew know exactly what to ask? Well, here's how Andrew knew because Andrew knew what he needed. And so by doing those interviews, I learned and my audience learned along with me. I progressed and my audience progressed along with me. I built a successful company and my audience built successful companies along with me. And that's the thing that you need to know what is it. And you have to have the, 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 the guts to say, this is where I'm struggling and I need to ask that person for help. And then you got magic. You know, what's really cool about this medium in general. And, you know, I tell people all this a lot and sometimes it goes in one ear out the other and other times they really take it to heart. But the fact of the matter is you put a microphone in front of your face, right? And your authority is instantly elevated, right? So you can really be not that great of an interviewer, right? But the fact that you are just showing up, that you are just uh, going, showing up and saying, okay, I want to interview this person without expecting anything in return, right? So this is not a sales call. This is not a, uh, you know, get to know you. And this is certainly not wasting your time, right? Because I'm going to promote this on my social channels. This is content that I'm creating. You'll be able to use that as well if you so choose. So it really is a win-win for both. But what happens is that once you put that microphone in front of someone's face, you know, it's like, wait a second, you know, yes, they are interested. 
interesting because, you know, a lot of people will be really, uh, you know, will be gun shy about this, right? I mean, I was the kid that started in high school, right? What business do I have, you know, getting up and doing lives and doing podcasts now, right? You know, so that's like a massive mental block that I had to get through. And then, you know, not that I'm inviting you to do it, please don't. But, you know, my first couple of interviews were were really crap, right? They were really bad, but they're still up. Well, let me ask you this. Here's what, here's what I'm trying to understand about yours, though. What is your goal with this? The one big t- uh, tip podcast. Are you trying to just get, are you trying to just hang out with people that you admire? Is there a thing that you're trying to do beyond create content? I, it started as, let me just invite people to interview. I just wanted to start putting out content and just talking to as many cool people as I could. What I realized after about episode, I don't know, 30-ish, was that, uh, you know, I went into this dark place and I was sitting there like, why am I doing this, right? All I'm doing is just giving other people a platform. Good. And Mm -hmm. that's where I realized, like, wait a second. First of all, there were a lot of people saying yes. There were a lot of people that that do want to talk to me. Some of those people that wanted to talk to me also wanted to learn about my business. You know, I have a digital marketing agency. I've done all kinds of uh, I've done all kinds of campaigns for all kinds of businesses over the years, right? So then I realized, like, wait a second. This is like really this is a really great networking tool. You're saying that by talking to the guests, you were able to get clients. They some of the guests became your clients. That's correct. Got it. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's that's a huge, uh, huge advantage. I don't think people realize the power of that. Okay. All right. So when you went to the dark place, was it just, why am I helping them and I'm forgetting myself? Is that what it was? It, not only was it, why was I helping them? I didn't see a clear monetization path towards it. Mm. Right. Because, you know, to produce a podcast, you know, it, it takes it takes time and money, right? Someone's got to edit it. So like, I'm not the, I wasn't the greatest editor at the time. So it would take me, you know, three to five hours to edit a half an hour interview, right? That I think that my time was better spent, you know, doing other things and to write a blog post, you know, it would take me a long time. So I would, so I would end up utilizing my team, which does have a cost that I incur. And I would try to, you know, I would be producing all this content, but you know, but wait a second for what return, what is my ROI here? Right. And it, and I, I think uh, a lot of people go through that if they don't have a set plan, you know, beforehand. Once I saw the light of all of these interesting people that I'm talking to could in fact be clients of mine. And let's just say they're not a good fit for me. There's more than enough business out there for, for everybody, I believe, you know, even just in my digital marketing space, if I can connect other light, like-minded people, and if I can impact just one person's life and to, ins- to inspire them to do either something like this or to start their own business or to quit their job or to, you know, whatever it is, then I do did something right in the world, right? So that legacy at first, you know, helped keep me going. Thank God I was, uh, you know, I was in a position where, you know, where I could continue to produce this content while I was finding my way, right? But then afterwards where the true calling came up, it's like, wait a second, I have this bank of people right now that I can leverage, you know, both in terms of knowledge, connections, and, uh, you know, just a lot of goodwill that I'm building up just by talking to a lot of people. I think it would be interesting if you express what your problem was in business and then use the podcast as a way of making progress towards overcoming it and and reaching some kind of goal together. And I don't know what that is, but I think that I'd like to see more of you in it, more of your struggle, more of your challenge, not just you trying to help 
some audience that we just don't know much about, you know, like, what is it that you're trying to do? That's, that's actually one object of, uh, of doing interviews of creating a podcast. So it's interesting that you bring that up, right? And uh, so in the intro for each episode that I produce, you know, I talk about, you know, like, this is my journey and this is how I'm going to, you know, this is how I'm going to elevate, uh, this is how I'm going to elevate myself and others. What happens though, is that when you're just by getting out of your shell, right? Because I think that, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, this could be a really lonely business if you don't put in protections, you know, for yourself in order to get out there, in order to travel, in order to meet new people. One of the things I used to do um, was I used to be in WeWorks every day, right? And I, there are five here in Miami. I would go to different ones and I would still be lonely. I would still not talk to a lot of people. And then I would travel. Like I would be in a WeWork in Tel Aviv. I would be in a WeWork in Buenos Aires. I would be in a WeWork in, in, uh, in Berlin. And I'm like, wow, I, you know, I get to go to all these great places. But at the end of the day, I talked to maybe like one person a day, you know, like, a, you, you know, you try to make a conversation, you know, but how, but how interesting is that sometimes it's hit or miss and it's like I wasn't feeling it, right? When you do this and it's got a purpose and it's got a format and it's got a uh, and it's got a direction on where you're leading it, really what this is doing is that this opens up um, this opens up a, a lot of avenues, right? Because, you know, like once you take this uh, once once we take this interview, you know, you make a blog post out of it, make a transcription out of it, make social social quotes out of it, you make, uh, you know, and then you can make all kinds of other, uh, all kinds of other content pieces out of it. It really helps helps you propel the message of what it is to do business with Jeff or with Andrew, right? And really what it comes down to, I call it the subtle flex, right? It's the Rolex you wear in your hand, right? People look at it, they maybe not, they maybe won't comment on it, but they will recognize it like, ah, yeah, that's a Rolex, right? And then they'll realize like, okay, you know, like you made, like you've done something, you stepped up. And I think that when you demonstrate that you are, that you are stepping up and you are taking action, even if it's imperfect action, you are still doing doing more than a lot of other people who are still sort of stuck in that phase. Like, should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, do I, do I have to quit my job first? Or I, I don't know how to podcast, like who's going to edit it. You know, there's a million questions that go into, you know, going down this path. Right. One of the things that I did though, was to really, you know, just full force into it. And I didn't even look at whether my mom was, uh, my mom was listening to it or 50 other people or, you know, whoever. I just wanted to produce content so that I can get it out there. What the net effect is that the, is that the content sort of shifted over time. I was able to improve my style. I was able to improve the questions. I was able to improve the quality of the guests that I bring on, right? So it actually does become this uh, much better mechanism for getting out and talking to people. Okay, I can see that. So let me ask you something. So once you've gone through your process of figuring out who you're going to talk to, uh, you know, getting them on, what are some of the tips that you could uh, 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 that you can talk about to actually help people articulate mid conversation? What would be a great uh, question or a, or a great way to lead the conversation in order to make that work? I think that the heart of it is trying to understand the solution to a problem and then figuring out how to have the guts and the emotional intelligence to ask the question properly. And so it depends on what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at. Can you give, be a little more specific? You know what? Let's, let's stop talking about general tips. Let's talk about you. What is, what's going on with your podcast? Where, where are you? Where are you able to get people to be as open as you want? 
want? Are you able to get what you're looking for out of this? For the most part, I would say yes. Okay. What's your big challenge? My guess is your big challenge is in promotion, right? That it feels like you're getting to have a great conversation one-on-one, but the challenge is how do I get more people to find out about it? Your guests are probably not even promoting the podcast, right? Some of them do. Some of them don't. I find that some of the larger names yeah. like just don't. I find that that some of the people that even, you know, even if they had like not a great conversation, they'll just promote the hell out of it and, you know, get all these legs. It'll get these legs and then 200 people like it. And it's like, oh my God, you know, like, that's great. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen that shift both ways, right? Mm -hmm. Mostly what I'm doing right now is I am, uh, this has become a mechanism for me to pivot my digital marketing agency Mm -hmm. so that I can be more of a podcast strategist so that I can help people utilize this medium in order to get their word out much easier than by buying, you know, $2,000 a month in paid ads. I do think that's That's a great idea. You're saying you want to become a podcast producer for businesses. I think that's great. I'd love to see it happen within the podcast where within the podcast, you say, I'm trying to get 10 businesses this this month or this year to sign up to do this. And then if you do interviews with businesses that have done that, with digital agencies that have gotten customers and talk about how they did, if you can talk to people who have podcasts where the types of customers you want and then ask them, how did you decide to do this? Why are you doing it by yourself? How are, where are you struggling? Let us follow along as you're doing it. That would be killer good. And then we can all see the the strength of what the, the winners have and the challenges that people who are, who are trying to get there have and understand why you're trying to help that's the killer. I want that. I want more of that openness. And I want more of that self-awareness as an interviewer. So I'll give you an example. You all know about Mixergy, right? Mixergy I've been doing for over 14 years, 2000 interviews. It's the longest running uh, business podcast out there. I had this interest in BitCloud and I just want to understand how do I fit into the BitCloud world? BitCloud is a place where uh, it's a decentralized social network, every kind of kind of like Twitter, but where nobody owns any part of it and where every person who's on it has their own coin. It's like they mint a Bitcoin for Andrew Warner as soon as Andrew Warner uh, joins. I was fascinated by this. I didn't know what it meant. How do you do this? What what happens with it? And I decided I would be super open in the inner. I would create a podcast and I'll be super open with it. In every interview, I say, I'm trying to find my way in this. I see something interesting happening here. I don't know if BitCloud is going to make it or not. I don't know if I'm going to make it in BitCloud or not, but I want to see how I could fit in here. And so I'm going to interview people who are in the space doing well so that I can learn how they're using this decentralized network, cryptocurrency to, to do something that's profitable or meaningful or has some kind of long-term impact. And in each interview, I said, help me find something I can do between now and the next interview so that I can try to use this. And so some of the examples of things that I got to do were, actually, I'll give you the best example. I want to do it. What do I do with this? And so I talked to this one guy, Zach, and he and I were brainstorming in the interview about how he helped people like this yoga teacher use uh, an NFT to sell yoga classes and so on. And I said, what can I do? And then I said, all right, I think we got it. What do you think about me creating an NFT where anyone who owns this little piece of art gets an ad on my new podcast? And if you sell it, then the next person who has it gets the ad on my podcast. And if they sell it, then the next person has it. He said, that's kind of weird, but that could work. And so we're brainstorming, we're trying it out. And then he said, think about it for a little bit. I said, I'm not thinking about it. My goal here with this podcast is to admit that I don't know, and I'm going to learn by doing. And so I decided I would mint an NFT and I started auctioning it on the BitCloud platform. And then I got an offer for like $200 for this NFT. Then another bid came in for a few hundred dollars more. Then it went into thousands of dollars and then it hit $10,000 for this NFT that is holder a mention on the podcast that I created. 
it's a brand new podcast, not a big audience, did $10,000 in this NFT and it generated attention and buzz. And I got to learn a lot about how to mint an NFT and what, what to do. And none of that would have happened if I just said, I'm here to teach other people how to use BitClout because screw that. I'm not here to just teach other people. I'm here to say, I have this problem and I'm going to work through it. And I'm going to be open about how I don't understand and where I'm struggling. And while I figure this out, you can learn along with me. And I think that that's an interesting thing that if anyone out there is, has the guts to say, I'm trying to do this thing. It is not working for me because of that thing. I'm now going to talk to people who made it work and learn and then do it and use it. I think that's where the goal is. And if you do that, the the group of people who you get to do interviews with is just amazing. They want to support you. They want to see progress and they want to do more than do an interview. But I think none of it means Jack, unless you say, I need to do this thing. I'm struggling because of that. Unless you find your personal hero's journey, which is what a hero's journey is. Somebody who we care about, who's trying to do something that matters and has some kind of obstacle to overcome and we want to root and watch them succeed. That's the goal. And so that's that's the first thing I say anyone want. You know, I love that. That is such an inspirational message and it's so true. It's like, it, you know, it's it's not only inspirational, but it's also actionable. Right. It's something that you that all you need to do is do a slight pivot in in the direction that you're going in right now. And what it does is that it makes your journey so much richer. Yes. Right. And that you are actually figuring out not only am I going to try to learn this, but here, let me show you where I fall down and where and where I get back up again. Yeah. And when I figure it out, let's celebrate and I'll show you what I figured out. And when I'm not making work, let's be open and talk about how it's not working. Going back to Mixergy, when I couldn't figure out how to get a COO, somebody to help manage a company so it's not all on me. I had to admit that I couldn't do it. I had to admit that I failed. And then Cameron Harold, the guy who runs a COO, the chief operating officer, the COO Alliance came on and did an interview with me. And the interview would not have been interesting if it was, what do you say to somebody who's trying to hire a COO? It wouldn't have been nearly as interesting as I am trying to hire a COO. Here's where I am struggling. Here's where it's not working. And in that interview, I he not only helped me think through how to hire, he also helped me think through how to be, how to be accepting. I said, one of the challenges is I have this vision. I would like to buy a microphone phone for everybody who I interview. I hate when people do interviews and they have bad microphones. We're making good money here with this podcast. Let me spend some of it on my guests. And he said, yeah, here's how you do it. And then he also said, Andrew, you have to also be accepting that you might want everyone to have a microphone. And when you pass it to someone else, maybe 80% of your guests will have a good microphone and the other 20, for some reason, your team won't be able to get to them. And you have to be accepting of that instead of say that you've that you failed and hired the wrong person. The system isn't working. You have to be okay with that, at least as a start. And that kind of thing was really helpful for me. We could only get to that because I was admitting a challenge because I was vulnerable, because there was a problem that I was willing to express. And if you're not expressing the vulnerability, your guests won't expect express a vulnerability. Your, your interviews won't have a purpose. And then if you do that, dude, it doesn't matter if you're using podcasting or some other tool. It doesn't matter if you've got a good mic or a quiet environment or not. In some ways, people would prefer a non-quiet environment for that because they want to see you working. And so I could imagine somebody who's listening to us saying, damn it, I'm ready to start a podcast. I'm ready to start some kind of interview program. It doesn't even have to be a podcast. And what they do is they go maybe to racket.com or Twitter spaces or Instagram live or whatever comes up tomorrow. I don't care about the tool. And they say openly, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's why I didn't succeed at it. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk to someone who's going to help me. out. I'm not just going to learn theoretical ideas. I'm going to tell them, here's where I'm struggling. I'm going to get some insight from them. I'm going to draw bigger conclusions in my own life so that it's more than just a me talking 
talking to myself, but other people get to follow along. And then I'm going to talk about how I, what I do with it. That's the answer. That's the meaning. I love it, man. What a great message. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Andrew, this has been an amazing conversation. Can you please let everyone know how they can find you and what's the best way to, uh, to pick up a copy of that new book that's coming out soon? Well, the book is going to be out by the time you listen to this. It'll be out anywhere. If you want free tips from it, actionable techniques from it, we've got it at stopaskingquestions.co and, um, and you'll find me everywhere online. Just Google Andrew Warner. You'll see me. Amazing stuff. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been, this has been so much fun. I love that you brought the energy and it, it was, it's just been a great conversation. Thank you for joining me today. 